This is Carrie Gephardt, and you're listening to Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome back to another episode of Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice. Well, I started thinking one day, if I keep saying your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice, if I'm going to be that podcast, I really need to lay the groundwork for what that means. Maybe you're listening to the podcast today and you don't really know what that means, Reformed. And so I'm going to spend episode eight answering the question, what does it mean to be reformed? And I'm going to use this this episode as a a bounce-off point for a series of future episodes where I'm going to go into the distinctives of reformed theology, of being a reformed Christian, what makes us differ from other Christian denominations and churches. But today I'm answering the question, what does it mean to be reformed? Well, if someone asked me that, the first thing I would say is, well, I'm not necessarily speaking of my particular denomination or church, although I find it helpful if a church or a denomination names themselves Reformed or Presbyterian, so I know where they're coming from. But when I say I'm Reformed, I'm more speaking of a full-orbed biblical worldview, how I interpret and understand the scriptures, theology, and uh, that's that's what I think is reformed about the way that I am a Christian. And of that biblical worldview, I'd like to say four things. And that is, I believe that that uh, being reformed is historical, it is creedal, it's confessional, and it's covenantal. It's historical because it's when I say I'm reformed, I'm referring to a historical event, the Protestant Reformation of the 15th and 16th century, when godly men began to feel convicted that the church needed to reform its practices, needed to reform the church to bring it back in line with the Word of God. And these men really went about this in two ways, which I think are the next two things that it means to be reformed. They went about it by saying, first of all, will we still affirm the consensus of the first five centuries of the church formed into the creeds of the universal church, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed, all those doctrines, the doctrine of the Trinity, Chalcedonian Christology, all of that, we we affirm. And they wrote these down in the confessions that we have today, the three forms of unity, the Westminster Standards, and the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. Not only in those confessions were they trying to communicate to the Catholic Church that they still belong to the, the universal church by affirming those creedal doctrines, but they also described their distinctives, what they believed that was different than the Catholic Church. And I think that those distinctives could be summarized in the last thing that I would say about being Reformed, and that is that it's covenantal, that I believe... As a Reformed Christian, the unity of Scripture is the one story of God's covenant relationship with His people 
in, in Christ through the covenant of grace. Over the next five episodes, I'm going to go into more detail about the historical aspect of being reformed by describing the five solas of the Protestant Reformation. Until next time, may you bear much fruit to the glory of God. Subscribe, rate, and review Five for Fruit on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give the Facebook podcast page a like and join the group for more discussion. Leave Carrie a voicemail at 708-740-0098. Leave him an email at info at fiveforfruit.com. And visit the website fiveforfruit.com to listen to past episodes and to read articles. Until next time, this is Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice.